ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Absence made a love grow fonder, UK rapper, UK droga, I mention my name if you talk about the genre. Nominations for the Brit Awards 2023 are in, and there's drama. Plenty of Londoners are there, but it's the second year of gender-neutral categories, so no best male or female lists. Top names such as Stormzy, Mimi Webb, Harry Styles, Lizzo and George Ezra have received nods. However, there's disquiet. The lists are dominated by male artists. In fact, there's not a single woman among five men nominated as Artist of the Year. But aside from the fallout over the gender imbalance, there's some cracking tunes up for the 43rd Awards staged next month at the O2. Here's Eurovision winner Sam Ryder up for Best New Artist speaking to BBC Breakfast. It's so cool. I've been watching the Brits for years, you know, like um, and singing along from the sofa and never thinking that you'd really get a shot at something like this. It's... um. Yeah, a real dream. It's a long road since the first Brits back in 1977, hosted by Michael Aspel, Can You Believe It?, where the Beatles' Sgt Pepper won Best Album. Later, we'll look at some of the Brits' controversies over the years, but now let's check out this year's Runners and Riders, and just who are the brilliantly named Wet Leg. We'll hear from the organisers, the BPI. First, we're joined by Evening Standard music reporter Jonathan Canangoni. Jonathan, could you break down for us the main controversy already this year? That's the big gender imbalance. Immediately, as I was watching the live stream, I literally turned to one of my colleagues and I was like, there's no female artist at all in the Artist of the Year, and I kind of knew straight away that that was going to cause a big problem. Obviously, as soon as I checked on their official um, social pages, there was already a big bite back to this. A lot of people were saying, where's the female artist? Where's the female representation? And I guess it's a very complex situation because obviously the the reason why we're kind of here in terms of our categories, they're, they're all gender neutral now, which is great. Obviously, this happened because Sam Smith was kind of championing gender neutral award categories and they were basically pushing forward that artists who are non-binary kind of feel like they don't have a place in these awards ceremonies. And the Brit Awards listened to that. They took action and they changed the categories, which came into effect last year. What's your view on how these gender-neutral categories have ended up so imbalanced? Obviously, 
this has been great news in terms of inclusivity. However, the assumption would be that the Brits have maybe not nailed down 100% the format and how to do this, but also be able to represent the broad spectrum of artists out there. And I mean, that's not to say that the artists who are nominated do not deserve to be nominated, but there's artists specifically that have been causing a bit of confusion. I think George Ezra is the standout that people are, are kind of criticising. A lot of people are questioning why he was nominated over, say, a, a female artist like Charlie XCX, who has probably had the best year last year of her career. So it's a bit of a complex situation. Obviously, the debates that um, arise from it are debates that kind of take in issues from wider society. It's not an easy conversation to have, but it's a, an important one to have. But musically speaking, I think it's difficult not to assume that somebody would have clocked onto this. I'm assuming one of the bosses would have at least popped onto it and if they didn't then that does show that there's probably a wider issue in terms of diversity within the Brits um, committee so that's definitely something that should be looked at and I think with the controversy now will be looked at next year. It's a bit of a crystal ball question but are you expecting any upsets or will the big names triumph? I feel like the ceremonies probably this year are going to be largely dominated by the big names. I would probably bet my money on Harry Styles winning at least two. And I think if he doesn't win Song of the Year for As It Was, then that will be a huge upset because that was literally the biggest song of the year last year so for me i personally feel like it will probably be a breeze for the big artists i think fan voted awards particularly will favor the big artists so any awards fan voted that you've got harry styles or dua lipa artists with absolutely massive followings they're most likely going to pick up those awards is there anyone in there you just thought really Yes, I would say, obviously, I I mentioned earlier, George Ezra, he's not really had the biggest year compared to some of the other artists who have been nominated or some who haven't been nominated, actually. I understand when he picked up his nominations for his previous albums, when he had Shotgun dominating the charts, that was a fair nomination, I feel. I, I don't think this year that his inclusion was fair on other artists who have had critically acclaimed albums and who've had number one singles this year that may have been omitted. I think he's a bit of a safe bet, quite frankly. But I think everywhere else, category-wise, I think there's not really much of an argument um, against the nominees. Um, As I say, obviously, the diversity of the nominees, particularly gender-wise, is a bit of an issue. But I wouldn't pin that down to any of the artists. I think uh, most of them deserve to to pick up the nominations that they picked up. And Jonathan, who are the Londoners up for nominations? So in terms of Londoners, we have 11 nominations throughout all the categories. They are Fred again, Stormzy, Cat Burns, Dave, Eliza Rose, Sam Smith, Central C, Dua Lipa, Nova Twins, Koji Radical and Loyal Kana. And everyone's talking about Wet Leg, the female married duo who are forecast for big things. They are an Isle of Wight duo and they were probably the most unexpected hit out of all of the artists that we've seen at the Brits. They really, really took off last year and they've had an incredible year. Their debut album was critically acclaimed and not only has it picked up multiple Brit nominations, but it's also picked up Grammy nominations. Their sound is indie, kind of British indie rock and they've been kind of championing that very smooth, rich indie music and it's been going down really well to fans. Uh, I particularly liked their album. I thought it was great. They'll be supporting Harry Styles on his tour as well. I don't think there's many bands out there um, who are literally a couple, like a duo couple performing out there. 
Let's go to the ads. Coming up, the BPI responds over nominations, controversy, and the organisers reveal which wild Brits moments gave them the biggest headache. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Now we're joined by Gennaro Castaldo, Director of Communications at the Brits Organisers, the BPI, that's the British Phonographic Industry, who we asked about the All-Male Artist of the Year category controversy. We're disappointed also that there, ha- that there haven't been any uh, nominations this year. Um, unlike last year, the, the inaugural year, which was won by Adele and, and Little Sims was nominated as well. The way that the nominations are arrived at is that there's actually a, a Brits Voting Academy. It's 1,200 strong. So it's quite large. So people from all across the music industry, in fact, 30 percent, I think, are, are journalists as well. So a lot of media are involved in that process, but retailers, publishers, labels, uh, artist groups. So it really does try to represent a cross section of them all. And most importantly, it's broadly split between 50 percent male and 50 percent female voters. Every year we look at that to ensure that it's balanced. Uh, and uh, around a quarter, if not more, tend to be representatives who are either black or Asian or minority ethnic. So so having a, a balanced voting panel is obviously hugely important so that you sort of reflect the, the, the nature of the industry and society more generally as well. And in terms of the ceremonies themselves over the years, what's given you the biggest headache? If you speak to my colleagues who, who have both the privilege and the, 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 uh, the, the challenge of, of running this, uh, I think the, the, the Madonna uh, situation a few years ago, I can't quite remember what year it was now, but you remember that she was dancing with her group and, and I think her cape got caught and she sort of got yanked back briefly before she uh, in a very consummate professional way that you know she operates here then just got back on with her routine but that that got a, a huge amount of uh, of attention understandably and went viral all around the world otherwise i think if you go back to it might have been 95 or 96 there was the famous incident with jarvis cocker and, and michael jackson i don't know if you remember that one but obviously michael was performing the earth song on stage and then jarvis wanted to sort of show that he didn't fully approve and sort of went on and of course michael didn't know who he was and they were there were security concerns and there were arrests and it all very very dramatic but it, of course it sort of also over time then adds to the kind of the the, the mystique of the uh, the event and people can look back and they love those sort of water cooler moments and famously there was the sam fox and mick fleetwood one you have to give us a reminder about that vintage brits so sam fox was a sort of a famous model you know appeared in the sun newspaper but very high profile possibly not without the kind of right experience in broadcast and in, in presenting and then of course mick fleetwood's from fleetwood mac and so slightly unusual pairing as well because one was very tall and one was reasonably short so but they came on and i think they were they were due to introduce boy george or culture club to perform but they were reading from the auto cue and uh, either there was a technical malfunction with the auto cue or they themselves got confused over who was meant to be reading what and they just kind of lost their way and uh, you just had this kind of embarrassing moment where it just felt like the show at that point was all starting to sort of fall apart and, and then i think boy george came on and made a joke and they sort of got on with it really so 
at the time you feel like it's the end of the world and uh, obviously hugely damaging but over time people almost have like a sort of fond regard for it and it just becomes part of the mythology of the whole thing and yeah I remember also we had like Chumbawamba who were a bit of an anarchic group again I can't quite remember the year but throwing water over John Prescott who was one of the sort of attending government ministers at the time so you you get these moments possibly fewer of them in, in more recent years because you're very conscious that you're putting on this amazing show it can't afford to look like it's amateur hour you know this has to be the best of, of British talent not just sort of front of stage with the artists but all the technicians you know the, the amazing sort of high spec production standards that you're operating to because you're, you're promoting British music to the rest of the world so you've got to get it right There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at Standard. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. .co.uk, that's the leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm. <laughs>